Hello, this is Zandi Hicks. This podcast is called Bold, Brave, and Daring because, well, that's already inside of you. You can choose to be bold, brave, and daring every day of your life. And this podcast teaches you how to walk through life with God, Him showing you how to become bold, brave, and daring. This podcast is like letters from God Himself. So stay tuned because I know that He wants to speak right to you. Hey y'all, hope you're having a good day today. Today is letter 25 of the Screwtape Letters. And, you know, they just keep getting more and more interesting. We've learned so much in the last 25 letters, and it's going to keep going until 31. So, letter 25 is about change. And God allows change and puts it in us as humans to like change, but then also like permanence. And I think a lot of people don't like change, or they say they don't like change because of circumstances that have happened in their life, either as kids and then growing into adulthood, those kinds of things. But it's actually very natural and a part of who we are. And I didn't really think about that until I read this letter. This letter also talks about how the demons try to get us as Christians to focus on a special interest. So it lists out in the beginning of this letter, what we want if men become Christians at all is to keep them in the state of mind I call Christianity and, you know, Christianity and the crisis, Christianity and the new psychology. Christianity and the New Order, Christianity and Faith Healing, Christianity and and Psychical Research, Christianity and Vegetarianism, Christianity and Spelling Reform. If they must be Christians, let them at least be Christians with a difference. Substitute for the faith itself some fashion with a Christian coloring. Work on their horror of the same old thing. So, what that's saying, and I've seen this a lot in churches, and I have definitely, you know, thought about this. It's got to be new and exciting. That's a false thought process. It turns faith into a fad. God hasn't changed from the beginning, and the Bible hasn't changed in thousands of years since it's been written. The only reason we want to add to Christianity is to draw people in. But the Holy Spirit can change people's hearts however He wants to. He doesn't need fluff. He can do it however He wants, just like He's been doing for thousands of years. It goes on to say, the humans live in time and experience reality successively. To experience much of it, therefore, they must experience many different things. In other words, they must experience change. And since they need change, the enemy, God, has made change pleasurable to them, just as he has made eating pleasurable. But since he does not wish them to make change any more than eating, an end in itself, he has balanced the love of change in them by a love of permanence. He has contrived to gratify both tastes together in the very world he has made by that union of change and permanence, which we call rhythm. He gives them the seasons, each season different, yet every year the same, so that spring is always felt as a novelty, yet always as the recurrence of an immemorable theme. He gives them in his church a spiritual year. They change from a fast to a feast, but it's the same feast as before. I love this. So existing in time means that things changed but have permanence because the change is the same each year. So things change in our life, but then they also mirror other times in our life. And then he goes on into more depth about this. He says, Now just as we pick out and exaggerate the pleasure of eating to produce gluttony, so we pick out this natural pleasantness of change and twist it into a demand for absolute novelty. And novelty is newness, freshness, or innovation. So 
This demand is entirely our workmanship. If we neglect our duty, men will not only be contented, but transported by the mixed novelty and familiarity of snowdrops this January, sunrise this morning, plum pudding this Christmas. Children, until we have taught them better, will be perfectly happy with a seasonal round of games in which conquerors succeed hopscotch as regularly as autumn follows summer. Only by our incessant efforts is the demand for infinite or unrhythmical change kept up. So this is where not enjoying the present, which we talked about in letter 15, comes into play. God made us to be content with the present and enjoy natural changes that occur, like the seasons changing, the fact that we do the same things at Christmas every year, the fact that we play the same games as children, a rhythm of our lives. The demand for change and needing things to be new is unrhythmic, and it's not God's design. Screwtape goes on to say, This demand is valuable in various ways. In the first place, it diminishes pleasure while increasing desire. The pleasure of novelty is by its very nature more subject than any other to the law of diminishing returns, and continued novelty costs money. Continual innovation costs money, is what that's saying. So that the desire for it spells avarice or unhappiness or both. And again, the more rapacious this desire, the sooner it must eat up all the innocent sources of pleasure and pass on to those that the enemy forbids. So to keep up with having things change and be new, it costs money. And the desires are never satisfied. It creates unhappiness. I think about decorating a house. You know, as soon as you get into a house and you decorate it and you love it, then you go on Pinterest or you go on Instagram and the styles changed and then you have to buy all new stuff to fit the trends. It's like an endless pit of spending money and never feeling satisfied or happy with how things look. It's eating up all the sources of happiness and pleasure. It says they do this with fashion as well, which is true. Just like I said with the house decorating, you know, fashion is always changing. And then the demons do this with our beliefs. So changing beliefs, moving from one thing into the next because it's the new thing. God wants things to stay simple. It says on page 138 of a proposed course of action, he wants men, so far as I can see, to ask very simple questions. Is it righteous? Is it prudent? Is it possible? Now if we can keep men asking, is it in accordance with the general movement of our time? Is it progressive or reactionary? Is this the way that history is going? They will neglect the relevant questions. And the questions they do ask are, of course, unanswerable. For they do not know the future, and what the future will be depends very largely on just those choices which they now invoke the future to help them make. As a result, while their minds are buzzing in this vacuum, we have the better chance to slip in and bend them to the action we have decided on. Uh, and great work has already been done. Once they knew that some changes were for the better, and others for the worse, and others again indifferent, we have largely removed this knowledge. For the descriptive adjective unchanged, we have substituted the emotional adjective stagnant. We have trained them to think of the future as a promised land which favored heroes attain, not as something which everyone reaches at the rate of 60 minutes an hour, whatever he does, whoever he is. So what that's saying is enjoy the present and find happiness and pleasure in our present. 
We have to stop trying to keep up with what's new and exciting and neglect what's really important and ask ourselves those questions at the end that God wants us to ask. Is this possible? Is this prudent? Which means wise. Is it righteous? I think that grandparents do this really well. I think about my grandparents and, you know, they haven't changed their houses since I've been a kid. They don't change their clothes. They don't try to constantly change. They just enjoy the present. I think it's partly because they didn't grow up with materialism. It wasn't in their face all the time with social media or watching TV. Like HGTV wasn't a thing. So they couldn't be like, oh, we constantly need to be upgrading and keeping up. They're just happy and content with how life is. And they enjoy people more than things. I want to be more like that. And I hope that this letter inspires you to feel the same and to find joy in the present and to not be afraid of the same old thing. The world is screaming at us that the same old thing is really bad. And I just, we can't believe that anymore. God does have rhythm and repeats things in our lives because that's part of permanence and part of change. It brings peace because things will change in a rhythm that God creates. We don't have to create a rhythm ourselves. He's already done it in nature, in the seasons. And so we just have to keep going with how he creates a rhythm. So that is letter 25. I think it it's another peaceful one. And I hope that it spoke to you today. And I hope that this also is inspiring you to read the book. And if you're reading the book, don't give up on it, even though it's hard to understand. I mean, I have been studying this along with like researching it online just because it is hard to understand. So don't give up if you're reading the book. Keep going and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal things to you because he might be speaking something differently to you than he's been speaking to me. So thank you guys for listening and have a good one. Thank you for listening to my podcast today. Bold, Brave, and Daring is all about making you bold, brave, and daring. Like I say, because it's already inside of you and God wants to show that to you. So if you have any questions, please DM me, message me. I would love to hear your questions or about what God has done in your life. So let me know, comments, and I love you. And I hope that you have a wonderful week.